Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Locked on 49ers with John Lund. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome in, Locked On 49ers. I'm John Lund from KNBR Radio in San Francisco and pre and post game for the San Francisco 49ers. Thanks for joining us for the next episode of Locked On 49ers. In this episode, we'll review the 49ers' 24 13 loss to the Titans, but all is not lost. A lot of good things happen in the ballgame. Also, Colin Kaepernick, what is his situation? What is dead arm versus just a fatigued arm? There seems to be a debate. Right now, as far as Colin Kaepernick is concerned, and Chip Kelly, what did he think specifically of the offense? You'll hear from the head coach of the 49ers. All right, let's do a little good, bad, and the ugly on the 24-13 loss, and let's just start out with the good. Uh, The running game was absolutely good. 236 yards rushing Mike Davis, who had flashed some in camp, but we didn't expect this. Five carries, 72 yards, including a 44-yarder. Also, Carlos Hyde, although he did have a fumble, and we'll get to that in the ugly, had a 22-yard run. He looked good as well, and more importantly, he stayed healthy. Uh, It's inflated a little bit by backup quarterback Jeff Driscoll, who ran for 61 yards, and he's much more of a runner at this point than he is a thrower, but still, 236 yards rushing. Got to put that in the good column for game number one. And the Davis boys, both of them. I mentioned Mike Davis, but Chris Davis, who's who's well-known or most known, for his return for Auburn against Alabama to win the Iron Bowl a couple of years ago. He's been flashing a camp playing very well, and he played great in the nickel, making several plays against the Texans. He was the star defensively. And I would just say in general, and to me, this has been the best group in camp. A lot of people have said the defensive line. I've stayed steadfast in saying the defensive backs have looked the best. I talked to Jimmy Ward the other day. He's really adapting well to the outside corner. Remember, he played well late last year in the slot. And uh, Jimmy played press man, very aggressive. All the defensive backs, by the way, Jim O'Neill's the new defensive coordinator who came over from Cleveland, playing an aggressive style of defense, and nobody was better than Jimmy Ward. couple of good defensive plays. Jammed DeAndre Hopkins so badly one play out of bounds, he wasn't even a factor in the play, and we all know how good DeAndre Hopkins is. On the other side, Tremaine Brock is healthy again, and he played well, made a couple of good defensive plays, one on Hopkins included. And then, as I've said throughout camp, a lot of good depth. Dante Johnson has got size. Rashard Robinson, who's a little bit banged up, has got some size. The uh, mid-rounder out of LSU, I really like him. So the defensive backs to me flashed. Again, I like the safety position. They're fine with Eric Reed, who didn't play because his wife was having a baby. No injury concern there. Obviously, Antoine Bethea is a solid pro. And Jaquaski Tart, I really like him. I think they can use him as a chess piece, as a lot of teams are doing. Tyron Matthews doing it. Mark Barron's doing it. Uh, you got... Uh, Don, uh, Buchanan in Arizona. He got a bunch of chess pieces there. I think that maybe Tart, who's got really good size, and they got to find a way to get him on the field, is that type of guy as well. So no concern on the safeties. I was looking at the corners 
and they stepped up. And then obviously, if you're going to have a good running game, and we'll put this in the good here on Locked On 49ers and looking back at the 24-13 loss in preseason game number one to the Titans, the offensive line has to be good. And a couple of guys flashed and a couple of guys that you're looking at. Obviously, Joe Staley's a pro. He's fine. Uh, Zane Beadle, some say he could uh, have an issue because Joshua Garnett, the first-round pick out of Stanford, has moved over from the right side to the left. I think he's doing that for depth purposes. Uh, Daniel Kilgore, other than the fumble, and it's a big play, that's where the uh, defensive lineman came through, knocked the ball away from Carlos Hyde, and ended up being a scoop and score. But he was fairly solid, and again, he's coming back from injury. But I want to concentrate on the right side. Trent Brown, who's massive and I wasn't sure could move in this offense due to the pace, uh, played very well. And then Anthony Davis played fairly well, did give up a sack. I think there was some cute confusion, and you're going to see that in at all positions, especially the offensive line where you need continuity. But Anthony Davis, pretty good. I would call it encouraging. Did have a couple of plays where maybe it was mental more than physical for Anthony Davis, but I think he's going to be fine. So there you go. The Davis boys, the rushing game, the offensive line, and specifically some of the quarters, including, I want to point out, Jimmy Ward, really good. So put that in the good column as we play good, bad, and the ugly. The bad, let's be honest, the quarterback play was not good from Blaine Gabbard. He went 4 of 10 for 63 yards, and I think he gets like a 95 quarterback rating out of that. But other than the throw to Vance McDonald, McDonald got 43 yards on the one throw, and the linebacker fell down. Give Gabbert credit for finding him, and then McDonald juked the safety into the end zone. First play of the game, and we all kind of groaned. You could hear an audible groan in the press box. Gabbert, a simple swing pass to Carlos Hyde to get a little bit of confidence for himself, was behind him. Missed Quentin Patton on, a, on an easy slant pattern where the nose of the ball was just going into the ground. Missed a couple of sideline throws. He did have a nice 13-yard run on the touchdown drive a couple of plays before the 43-yard pass to Vance McDonald. But by and large, Blaine Gabbert was not good. But again, when Colin Kaepernick is injured, as he was, and we'll talk about Colin Kaepernick dead arm versus fatigued arm uh, in a few minutes and where he is and where he's going to be going into Denver this weekend, Blaine Gabbert did not separate himself uh, in the quarterback race. Speaking of the passing game, uh, the wide receivers was looking for one of the young guys, not talking about Jerome Simpson, Not talking about Torrey Smith, uh, but one of the young guys to separate, and nobody did, and they got a bunch of snaps to try to to do so. DeAndre Campbell got 33 snaps in this ballgame. Aaron Burbridge got 32 snaps. DeAndre White got 32 snaps. Bryce Treggs got 27 snaps. Chip Kelly and the entire offense are looking for somebody to separate of uh, of this wide receiver group, and nobody did. Uh, Bruce Ellington caught one swing for six yards. He's a guy that Chip Kelly has talked about through camp in the slot that he thinks is going to step forward. So none of those receivers uh, step forward separating themselves. And that's kind of how it's looked in camp as well. You kind of throw them in a hat, as I've said before, whether it's DeAndre, DeAndrew, Drez, whatever. They all sound the same, and they're all right now kind of bunched together, and nobody has stepped forward among these uh, young wide receivers. And then another one that I would look at is, again, a, a guy that I was looking to, or a group of guys that I was looking to step forward was in the pass rush. Uh, the Niners got three sacks in preseason game number one, but Shane Scove doesn't figure a lot into the defensive scheme. Uh, Nick Ballore, who got one, basically it was a jailbreak right up the middle when the guard in the center kind of miscommunicated. They separated and let him go right through the middle. And again, it counts, but it's nothing where somebody made a great play and got to the quarterback and then Ahmad Brooks was the other sack, so those were the three. Two of the three are not going to be in the base defense for the 49ers. The guys I was looking for, Tank Carradine, who's lost 30 pounds in the offseason, down to 265, wanted to see him flash. Didn't really see it. Eli Harold, second year 
uh, edge rusher from Virginia. Uh, in camp, they've told me, and he looks bigger, and he looks better, and he looks stronger. That was the problem last year, but he didn't flash. And then the guy was really disappointed with Corey Lembanier, who has shown flashes in the past. Again, one of those mid-round guys that you're expecting in his third year in the league to kind of get things going. Uh, Lemonier was playing mostly against second and third teamers, guys who are going to be UPS truck drivers here very shortly, and Lemonier did not flash. So those three guys I wanted from the edge to flash. Remember, Aaron Lynch is out the first four games of the season, and I didn't see anything from those guys. So I would put that category as bad quarterbacks, nobody flashing for the wide receivers, the young guys, and nobody flashing from a standpoint of edge rusher for the 49ers. I would call that the bad. And then the ugly as we play the good, bad, and the ugly game, Kenneth Acker was a 13-game starter at corner last year. He got beat on two touchdowns, including one near the end of the game, where he just flat-out missed a tackle. That looked ugly and is going to look bad on film. The other one, Thad Lewis, who actually was probably the most effective quarterback for the 49ers, and it's not like he was going to play a lot. He was going to be a third-string guy, originally brought over because he knew the Eagles system and was in Philly last year. He tore an ACL, and no matter who it is, no matter what string they play, first, second, third, fourth, whatever, you don't want to see an ACL. You don't want to see a major injury, and that's what happened to Thad Lewis. And then the last ugly, I would say, here on Locked On 49ers as we review the first preseason game is two fumbles, one by Dewan Harris, who I like. He can be a Darren Sproles type if we look at you know Chip's Kel- uh, Chip Kelly's offense in Philly. Uh, he kind of hides behind the uh, offensive line. He's only five foot seven. He's shown really good quickness and an elusive nature in camp. I really wanted to look at him. He fumbled at the two-yard line of the Texans, which killed the drive. And then, of course, Carlos Hyde got the ball punched out by a defensive lineman of the Texans. They scooped and scored, and that was their only points in the first half. Niners led 13-7. Carlos Hyde with the fumble. Can't have that, so I would call that ugly. So there's a quick good, bad, and ugly review as the 49ers lose 24-13, but a, good, a, a lot of good. The running game, definitely a good offensive line, corners. There were some good things. When the backups got in, it got out of control. But uh, at the half, it was 13-7, and the Texans only scored because of a scoop and score, not anything against the defense. So despite the score, not bad. You are Locked On 49ers with John Lund. Remember, always like your questions. Follow me on Twitter, at John Lund Radio, and hashtag it with Locked On 49ers. Uh, The big issue that arose on Monday was the status of Colin Kaepernick. Now, Chip Kelly told me after the game that it was just a tired arm. It was a camp arm. It was 100 throws per day is on average what a 49ers quarterback will throw in camp. And Colin Kaepernick, obviously, as you know, had three offseason surgeries and was only able to take mental reps Didn't do a lot of throwing until camp started, and they simply said, look, this was a planned day off. That was last Thursday. Then they said he had what they called a fatigue arm, and so he did not practice on Friday and obviously did not play play in the game on Sunday. Then Adam Schefter of ESPN reported that he had dead arm, which dead arm is an actual physical condition. It's an actual injury. They talked to the 49ers, made a couple of calls, and they said, look, it's a fatigued arm. It is nothing physical. It just needs some rest. Now, look, obviously somebody could be telling the truth. Somebody could be lying. Who knows? Adam Schefter is a a really good uh, NFL reporter and has a lot of great insights. But from what I can gather and talking to a couple of people is that it's simply just a fatigued arm. Now, obviously, it doesn't help Colin Kaepernick's case. I've said all along, though, that Colin Kaepernick, who the previous two off-seasons had worked with quarterback gurus to improve himself, and I didn't see a lot of improvement, 
Uh, it, it wasn't realistic to think that then he was going to have an entire offseason of not throwing the football and come in and compete for the starting job. I didn't really like what Blaine Gabbert did in game number one. He's been inaccurate in camp, especially in the red zone, and he has not separated himself from Colin Kaepernick, despite the fact that Kaepernick's arm strength is not where it has been in the past. Physically, he is still a little bit lighter than, he's, than he has been. He has not been accurate. And look, I'm not ripping the guy. All I'm simply saying is he had an entire offseason of inactivity as far as throwing the football. Mental reps are one thing, but you got to get out there and do it. And Blaine Gabbert has not separated himself from the pack, which is not a good thing. Uh, Thad Lewis, by the way, who tore his ACL, was strictly going to be a third quarterback if he made the team. And, of course, they took Jeff Driscoll uh, in the draft. And Driscoll at this point is more runner, as you saw, 61 yards in game number one than thrower. So we'll know something about Colin Kaepernick easily this week. They're going to have joint practices late in the week in Denver. If he doesn't play in those, then we know maybe it's a bigger problem than we had thought. And of course, the game is on Saturday. So I'll keep you up to date throughout the week on Colin Kaepernick. But the word from the 49ers is fatigued arm. Adam Schefter was calling it a dead arm. Two different things. But the 49ers right now say it's just a fatigued arm. It's rest for Kaepernick. And there is still a quarterback competition to be had. Today's featured interview. Okay, so I can say one thing, but you want to hear from the head coach of the 49ers. What did he think of his offense? What did he think of the quarterback play? Where is the quarterback competition at this point? Chip Kelly, post-game, 24-13 loss to the Texans, talking offense in today's featured interview. It was up and down, and, uh, both playing and our first-team offense. You know, I think um, that first drive, a couple balls, you know, that he probably wants back. Um, you know, kind of get us on track. But I think once they settled down and got them in the rhythm, I thought they did a really nice job um, of executing. Colin wouldn't have had a degree. He isn't 100%, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been fair to put him in and then to judge him on that type of competition. So we're just trying to get him healthy and see if we can get him ready for uh, this week against Denver. And at this point, is it concerned that he won't be able to practice against Denver? That's not what I've been told. So, But we'll, we, it is, it's really a day-to-day thing, so it's not a... Um, you know, it's nothing that's a long-term thing. It's just a day-to-day thing. He says he feels better as we go, but we're not going to push him um, so that we can have a proper evaluation. If Colin gets in there and does a great job when he's in there, I'm not going to say, well, he didn't get as many snaps as Blaine. It's still going to be, you know, judged on who moves our, our offensive football team the best, who protects the football the best, uh, and gives us an opportunity to win games. All right, there you go. I think a fair assessment from Chip Kelly. He said up and down, I would say, as far as Gabbert. One throw, the rest of it was down. Uh, They had good pace. They ran the football very, very well, as I said, 236 yards. And a Chip Kelly offense, remember, and I said this on an earlier podcast, when his offense was rolling, and I mean running the football, they averaged over 160 yards per game in 2013. Shady McCoy was over 1,600 yards. Michael Vick and Nick Foles combined for over 500 yards. They were the number one rushing offense in the league. They went 10-6 and and went to the playoffs. I'm not saying the Niners are going to get 236 yards every single game out, but Mike Davis getting the 72, Carlos Hyde at a 22-yard run. They had eight runs of over 10 yards in this game. If the running game is doing that, then the 49ers are going to have a good season. In fact, let's talk more about it in Inside the Numbers. Inside the Numbers. All right, Inside the Numbers is that running game, and as I said, when Chip Kelly was very successful in Philadelphia, he had the top rushing offense in the league, and the Eagles went to the playoffs. By the time he left, they were middle of the pack in the NFL, and Chip Kelly was on his way to San Francisco. As I said, 236 yards on the ground, 161 in the first half. Mike Davis had 72 yards himself, and he hadn't flashed a ton in camp, but certainly had lost a lot of weight and was quicker. He had a 44-yard run. Carlos Hyde had a 22-yard run. They had eight runs of more than 10 yards. Now, again, it's a little bit skewed because Jeff Driscoll 
had 61 yards rushing on five attempts, which is 12 per, and uh, he's definitely more runner than thrower at this time. But again, if you just look at the big picture, which is the offensive line, the way the holes were, what the what the Niners did from that perspective, it was good. Obviously, two fumbles, not good. Carlos Hyde got one knocked out that was the scoop and score. And Dewan Harris, who I really like, uh, fumbled at the two-yard line as the Niners, uh, the two-yard line of the Texans as the Niners were going in. So I like him. He's flashed in camp. I think they do have some backs that are good on this team. I think they have some depth on this team. And I think the most important thing is the offensive line was much better uh, than it was a year ago when the quarterbacks were running for the, their lives and running backs were having to make a lot of moves in the backfield before they could even get to the line of scrimmage. So inside the numbers, running game for the Niners in game number one, a stiff test against the Broncos in game number two will really tell the tale of how much progress this team has made. All right, there you go. A review of the 49ers 24-13 preseason game number one loss to the Houston Texans. All week long, we'll have uh, reports on the 49ers here on Locked On 49ers and, of course, those joint practices in Denver against the Broncos. Keep the questions coming. like to end every Locked On 49ers podcast with your questions. Follow me at John Lund Radio. Use hashtag Locked On 49ers. Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Dice. With over 70,000 tech jobs and career resources like their salary predictor, Dice is the free way to hack your career in tech. Visit dice.com slash can you hack it for more info.